0: Welcome to the Lutheran Outdoor Ministry Podcast. This is the place to be to hear all the latest news and information about the world's finest outdoor ministry network. And now, as always, here's your host, the Executive Director of Lutheran Outdoor Ministries, Mr. Don Johnson. Hello, out there, everybody in LOM land. It's uh, good to have you on this podcast. In this podcast, is going to be really, really good because we have with us a person I have been looking forward to introducing to the LOM network for way too long now. And I'm glad to take this opportunity to introduce the program coordinator for the ELCA initiative called Total Inclusion that is all, all earmarked, is going to benefit all the camps and retreat centers affiliated with the ELCA or associated with the ELCA and most of them are in this organization we call Lutheran Outdoor Ministries LOM and i was thinking that we'd have an opportunity to introduce Nicole at the 2020 LOM annual conference that was to have a theme of total inclusion. And Nicole, you would have loved getting to know her at that conference. Unfortunately, the conference has been canceled. We're gonna have to wait until 2021 to have the opportunity that we would have had there. So we're taking this opportunity to introduce Nicole to the LOM network through this LOM podcast. So Nicole, Welcome to the podcast, and also welcome to LOM. I mean, I've been saying this for about the past probably eight months now or something like that. We're uh, so glad to have you so involved in such a supportive way with LOM.
1: I'm thrilled to be a part of this project and to have gotten to know you and to get to be part of LOM from a distance for now.
0: And, Nicole... Uh, it's Nicole Vander Deers. Did I say that correctly?
1: Nicole Vander Does.
0: Nicole Vander Does. And that's capital V-A-N-D-E-R, capital V-O-E-S. So it's pronounced exactly like it's spelled. And I apologize to you that after all this time, I'm still getting messed up on how I, uh, how I pronounce your name.
1: You're not the only one.
0: Nicole Vander does. We are, uh, it's been such a pleasure getting to know you these past several months, and I'm so looking forward to everybody getting to know you. But, uh, Nicole, let's get this thing started off by you telling us a little bit about how is it that you ended up being the program coordinator of Total Inclusion, the ELCA initiative funded by a $1 million grant from the Margaret A. Cargill Philanthropies. How did this all happen for you?
1: Well, it happened exactly the way it should have, I believe, looking back. I had been a lawyer practicing in Ohio. I tried cases, I argued appeals, and I loved practicing law. And then I moved to Chicago in 2012 to work for the American Bar Association, where I did a lot of work to try to preserve judicial independence and to make courts more fair and help the public better understand them. And it was something I felt very passionate about. And um I'll say a theme in my life has been I've always done things that I felt mattered and made a difference. And a couple years ago due to funding issues my position was eliminated. And so as I looked for a new job it was really important to me as I said to find somewhere I thought I could make a difference and something I could be passionate about. And as I looked and I'd been checking the ELCA website off and on for a very long time, I came across the position for the program coordinator and immediately it just felt like it would be a good fit. It used a lot of my skills. It would challenge me in certain ways and I'd be able to contribute to something that is really, really important to inviting people in, to welcoming people, to overcoming barriers and to just recognizing that barriers do exist. And so I started in January, the day after Martin Luther King Day. I've now worked from home for more than twice as long as I worked in the office, but it's really been great to work with people who are so committed and we still feel very connected working virtually and also getting to work with all of the people who serve on our steering committee. Uh, There's an inter-unit working group. So it's just, it's really, it all came together really just as it should, and I'm excited about going forward with the ELCA and LOM.
0: Well, you know, the fact that this attracted you because you really felt it was something where you could feel that you were um, committed to to it and committed to what it was all about and feel that you were making a difference, I would say That's going to give you, uh, just that alone is going to give you a whole lot in common with just about everybody I know throughout the LOM network. Because just about everybody I know has been attracted to some kind of involvement in a professional way with LOM, uh, with outdoor ministry, because uh, they feel like it's a really, really realistic way to make a difference For the lives of individual people. And of course, in your case, you're so focused on making a difference on outdoor ministries, making a difference for people who are so often marginalized and over over the years have been marginalized. You mentioned that's of particular interest for you. As you look back on your life, can you point to any particular Uh, experiences in your life that have kind of built in this kind of passion for you?
1: I think overall it was my upbringing generally. My stepmother was a civil rights and employment lawyer and she stood up for people who might not otherwise have a voice or who were excluded or who were victims of harassment. Um, So I knew from a young age that Things like institutional racism exists, that barriers exist. And I also knew that individually and collectively, we could make a difference by working for justice. And, you know, my mother is someone who she was someone who I think would fit very well in the outdoor ministry world. There's something about her. She just has a very peaceful heart. Um, and longs for a better world and I see that in a lot of the outdoor ministry people that I encounter and she became an occupational therapist when I was young and spent a lot of her career working at a school for young children who have special needs and sort of helping to open up their worlds and then my father he's a jazz poet among other things but he is a jazz poet I'd say in the tradition of Allen Ginsberg and Oliver Lake and, and others in that genre. And he showed me my whole life, how to sort of speak up, to speak out, to transform the world with the gifts and passions that are deep within us. And so just growing up, I was going to protests, I was singing songs as those songs could change the world and at least change hearts. And, and always just feeling I had a, a duty and a calling To make things different and better. And, you know, over time, I saw injustices, I fought injustices, and I saw that people who work together doing the things they loved and also trying to do those things to improve the world, that those people had a sense of joy in them and, you know, a sense of discouragement many times because the real world is hard. But at the same time, a deep sense of joy, because that's what happens when you follow your callings and passions.
0: This total inclusion initiative and the uh, partnership that you and your colleagues in the ELCA Mission Advancement Union Unit have with Lutheran Outdoor Ministries, we have a real opportunity here to make a difference, especially for the church, and especially for the church's witness in the world. And it's um, really, I I think camps are going to be at the forefront of helping the whole church move forward in ways that the church has had some difficulty moving forward with. Uh, There's so much hope around the the total inclusion thing in terms of how it can help us make steps in a positive direction. Total inclusion is all about camps, taking a step out in leadership in this regard. In your professional life and in your formation as a person, as a citizen in the world, have camps had any part in that for you and uh, your whole life experience so far?
1: Yeah, I grew up going to different camps for about for a week in the summer. But it wasn't a huge part of my life. I went to I went to some Christian camps, although my family at the time, actually, my family is atheist. I became a Christian when I was in college, but I went to some Christian camps, and that's a unique experience to be there as a non-Christian and to figure out, do I fit in? Can I participate in this? Not understanding the language, not understanding the rituals and traditions, I went to several camps and um, it was really wonderful in high school, a camp I went to that they were open to me being a non-believer and let that be a comfortable experience. And it was a place where I sort of first began to question what I did believe or didn't believe and um, to be more open to God and spirituality. So that was a positive experience. But since I was, you know, 16, I had not had any camp experience coming into working with total inclusion. I've learned many people at the ELCA, they were counselors in college and they went to family camp and they went, led youth group camps. My fiance, he used to take youth from our church to LOMC in Illinois and has told me endless stories about those experiences and how much he still hopes to eventually return there. So Camp was a part of my background as a child, but a very distant part. And I never would have thought I'd be working with outdoor ministries. But after about seven months now, I am so excited and I see so much potential. I wish that more young people would have an opportunity to experience camp and be invited to camp. And as I've interacted with some of the camp directors, they're such wonderful people. I know they'd be welcoming. And so I'm hoping that through this project that it will invite and welcome more people to the camps.
0: Nicole, yeah, just hearing you talk that, I'm thinking you got to remind me. We need to have a, a workshop at some of our conferences and stuff on how a, ch- how a church camp is perceived by one who is not part of the church uh, and one who is coming from a non-religious family. For, yeah, um, and
1: because... I'd like to mention, So, I just found out some of the camps now have as many as half of their campers are not affiliated with the Lutheran church. So that really brought it up for me that it's so important to be aware of that and to be welcoming and to not let the language or the practices be exclusionary and instead have it be a way of welcoming everyone in and letting them experience god in nature and god's creation and you know also just as camp's hope to continue to survive and thrive and grow you know to look beyond the congregations for the campers is so important
0: During the first 100 years of outdoor ministry in the, for Lutherans in the United States, uh, camp was seen as, uh, number one, a support for Lutheran congregations, and camp was seen as part of the Christian education framework of the church. In the next hundred years, I think there is going to continue to be partnership with congregations. There's going to continue to be a strong emphasis on Christian education and faith formation and leadership formation for the church or for the world. But I think another big part of how camps are going to fit into the overall fabric of the church is in terms of the whole evangelism part of our ministry It's going to be more and more camps bringing bringing people to congregations as opposed to congregations always bringing people to to camps. And so those kind of insights are going to be very important for us. So we're going to have to harness that uh, and uh, get that uh, from uh, your experience and from the experience of others, obviously, too. But it's going to be a big part. Of, I believe, how we move forward in outdoor ministry in the years ahead. But the two people who are most familiar with all of our outdoor ministries, all of our camps throughout the ELCA, would be Mark Burkhart, who is the uh, former uh, director of outdoor ministries for the ELCA, and myself, uh, having visited just about every one of our outdoor ministry sites throughout the ELCA. And next, in terms of being familiar with all of our camps, is you, and you, I mean, you have accomplished this in eight months, for heaven's sakes. And uh, it's very, very impressive, the wealth of your the knowledge you have about our outdoor ministry sites throughout the ELCA. How did you do that? <laughs>
1: Well, I spent a fair amount of time looking at the website for every single camp. I explored what special camps they offer, you know, maybe an adventure course, maybe something for young adults who have developmental delays. Maybe they have a camp where they do service projects. I looked at every single website to see what they offer and um, was amazed by the variety and the really cool things that are out there. And also the amazing locations that the camps are in that should have been obvious, it's outdoor ministry, but being in the Midwest, I have one image of camp and I discovered there are so many other versions of it out there, which was really cool. You know, I also, I looked at all the websites and I looked to see, did they have an inclusion statement? Did they have information about scholarships available, or I've learned are typically called camperships. And so just checking that out, learning who the executive directors are, seeing that some of them have very, very small staffs, others have larger staffs, it just felt important to me to know what is out there, what they offer, where they are, who they are. I really hope that at some point I can begin to visit some of these camps. I've also had some ideas about hoping that I can see some of them virtually, that maybe some of the executive directors for some of the things we're planning or, or other staff, that they might be able to sort of do a little virtual walkthrough and show a little bit of their camps to, for me, to other people who haven't seen them yet. I really, I feel like I know a lot about the camps, but you know, until you go there, until you experience it, it's never the same.
0: Well, I think once we get through the COVID-19, I think, uh, and or, or at least figure out how to deal with it that will allow for more in-person kind of uh, interaction. I, uh, I think you are going to find that uh, you're going to have a lot of camps inviting you to spend time at at the camp, and it's it's been reassuring to me to know that you who are you're in a a, a very um, uh, pivotal role with our outdoor ministries at this point because of total inclusion. Uh, that you have really taken on the challenge to get so familiar with all of our outdoor ministries uh, as you have. So thank you very much. Well, that.
1: the other thing I'd mention is. I also continued to check back on the websites to see what the status of the camps was as the pandemic progressed. And it was exciting to see how many of them were trying to find creative ways to stay connected with their staff, with their campers, with their communities. And that looks a lot of different ways. And it's not the same thing, but outdoor ministry hasn't gone away it's just different and in many ways just waiting to reemerge and to evolve and that was that's been a very interesting process to see how that's happened and i'm very encouraged by that i'm also excited to see that some of the camps are offering new and different ways to experience them in person that are safe and i I've seen a lot of the camps that are trying to think of new ways to invite people to be there and experience them that are different from anything they've tried before.
0: Yeah, most recent podcast um, before this one uh, was with several of our camp leaders who were uh, talking about some of the exciting ways their camps have continued in ministry in different ways and in ways that... Far different from uh, what anybody ever and anticipated. One of the things that's changed too is um, the nature of total inclusion and how the funds from total inclusion are going to be used and accessed. And so, um, you know, we we need, we want to talk a little bit about total inclusion here. So let's uh, get into that. But Nicole, if you would just describe in a nutshell, I know I know it can get very complex, very easy, but in a nutshell, um, what the total inclusion initiative originally looked like, and what has changed in uh, in working at being uh, relevant to what's going on all around us these days?
1: Sure. So the initial vision of total inclusion was that it would begin with an educational phase and there would be various opportunities to learn about inclusion and related issues over the course of um, maybe beginning this year, but over the course of 2021, it was intended to really kick off with the 2020 LOM annual conference and then go forward from there. Part of that educational process would also include symposiums to which we would invite the executive director and the president of the board from each outdoor ministry organization to come and to Learn and be challenged, and have experiences that made inclusion and barriers and overcoming barriers sort of more real to them, and to get them thinking about how to make changes and institute projects and just to make their own camps more welcoming and inclusive. And then, following those symposiums, the plan was to. Offer grants to outdoor ministry organizations that hadn't participated in the symposiums. And there were going to be two different kinds of grants. One is what we were calling a leadership grant for outdoor ministry organizations that were already actively engaged in inclusion practices and could build upon that, could expand it, could maybe share it with other organizations and could somehow enhance what was already happening. The other grant that we were planning to give is what we were calling the widening, the welcome for camps that were just now deciding to take this on, that they were going to do their first initiative, maybe offering staff training, maybe making the paths more accessible, whatever it was that it would be their initial sort of step forward into the core concepts of total inclusion. But with the pandemic, everything changed and everything got pushed back and rearranged. And so one thing is that the LOM annual conference focused on total inclusion is pushed back until November of 2021. And uh, similarly, the Symposiums that were going to take place in the spring of 2021 now will take place in the spring of 2022. But the big thing that has also happened is how we're going to do the granting. And our funder, the Margaret A. Cargill Philanthropies, is such a wonderful partner and sort of a wonderful part of society that they recognize. That the pandemic has impacted everything and has changed everything, and that there are needs that need to be met now. And so, working with them, we decided that we would put off giving the grants that I just described for the time being, and we would give grants out this fall. We call these the Total Inclusion Operational Support Grants. And so, we're going to, in the near future, be opening a grant process that. For any outdoor ministry that is associated with LOM and the ELCA that offers overnight camping experiences for young people and youth, they can apply through a very simple process and will receive a grant in the amount of $9,000. This is a grant they can use to support operations, staff training, special projects, whatever their needs are right now. Because if the camps can't survive, They can't thrive in the future as inclusive and welcoming places. As part of this, it's still total inclusion. And so, therefore, all of the camps that receive these operational support grants will agree to participate in some educational components online during 2021. And this is actually really exciting because I mentioned before, 2021 was our educational phase, but we didn't have anything specifically planned yet. And this has made it so that we have a real focus for the education. It's all going to lead up to the 2021 LOE Manual Conference. And we're going to offer a number of online educational components that will focus on inclusion of people of color, inclusion of people living with disabilities, inclusion of people who identify as LGBTQIA+, and also some issues related to inclusion that are sort of foundational and that span all of those groups. So we're very excited to open the grant process, to offer the educational components in 2021, to have the LOM Annual Conference in 2021 focused on total inclusion, and then in 2022, offer our symposiums and then keep going from there we hope.
0: This is um, still very exciting in terms of the kinds of things that are going to be made possible by the total inclusion grant and throughout LOM there is such great gratitude to the Cargill philanthropies for this great gratitude to. The ELCA churchwide staff, particularly those of you in the mission advancement unit who have been so proactive in making all of this possible. So, we give you thanks for all of that. And, um, and the other thing, um, is th- that e- even before talking with M- uh, Margaret A. E. Cargill Philanthropies about converting a big part of the grant into the operational support sub-grants. We had approached them about the idea of slightly changing the way we did the symposiums to open up some dollars so that we would be able to have two people from each LOM organization attend uh, and participate in the 2020 conference conference. Free of charge. And that's also going to continue to be covered with the 2021 conference. And that's just going to be so important for LOM to have that opportunity because our camps are financially strapped. It's taken a big hit on them. Uh, Even um, if uh, we had the conference in 2021, it would have been very difficult for many of the camps to afford even that cost of what it costs to go to a conference. So we're very, very grateful throughout LOM for all of this. So in the next LOM newsletter, uh, Nicole, I'm, I have a little blurb in there about total inclusion. And it says, watch your email inbox on September 4th because I know that on September 4th, you're sending out an announcement about some of what you just talked about. Uh, So is that still going out on September 4th?
1: Yes, that is the plan that on September 4th, that we will be sending an email out inviting people to apply for this total inclusion operational support grant that will open a few weeks later, but we want to let everyone know it's coming. Let them know what to expect, what's involved, how to apply, all of that. So yes, everyone should be looking for an email that comes from Inclusion at elca.org.
0: Okay, make sure you check your, uh, your uh, inbox, especially those of you who are the executive directors or camp directors, whoever it is that's the primary contact for out to ministry organization getting information from LOM and from uh, the ELCA. Looking beyond that, what's going to be the time frame for the operational support subgrants? When will organizations be able to apply for that?
1: We expect the grants to open in about the third week of September, and they can go online between approximately September 23rd and October 28th to register for, it's called GrantMaker, they'll register and they'll complete the application. It is very, very simple, but it can take a little time if you've never gone through the process before. So I would encourage people to apply early. After the grant process closes at the end of October, Internally, we will just make sure everything is in line and that we have what we need, and by the end of 2020 is when the money will go out. The very end of 2020, the money will go out to all of the eligible organizations that applied, and then during 2021 is when those organizations do the educational components, and they will give us a report at the end of 2021 about what they learned, And that's basically the grant process.
0: It sounds fantastic. And we don't want anybody to miss it.
1: Right. And I'll let everyone know this is a very simple grant application. It is pre-filled for what the goals are, what the objectives are. Basically, all you have to do is register and provide your organization's contact information, the names, the phone numbers, the addresses, your 501c3 documents, and hit submit. It's really very simple. So please be sure to apply and reach out to me if you have any questions.
0: And of course it will be an understanding that an organization that gets one of these grants will make sure representatives of their organization are taking advantage of accessing the educational virtual activities that will be taking place through 2021 leading up to the 2021 conference. Do I have that correct?
1: Yes. And we're so excited about these educational opportunities. We're working with people all over the country. We're working with people who are at the camps, have attended camps, grew up going to camps. We're working with people in the ELCA. We're working with people outside. And all of the groups that are planning these programs are as representative and diverse as we can make them also so that you know everybody is contributing and being heard and having their voices contribute to this project. And it's just going to be a really exciting way to challenge ourselves, to learn more, to do a little soul searching, to realize what we didn't know, and to be more prepared to go forward and take next steps and eventually get to application and implementation.
0: Nicole, I want to uh, just say again how grateful all of us throughout LOMI for all the work you have been doing, for the work that your colleagues uh, have been doing, for, uh, and uh, this grant, uh, again, so hopeful for everything that's going to be accomplished because of it. Uh, do you have any parting thoughts before we bring this podcast to a conclusion?
1: I think one thing I wanted to mention is you said something about my colleagues, and I do have many wonderful colleagues. Another goal of the Total Inclusion Project is to strengthen and nurture the relationship between the ELCA and LOM. And one of the ways that we're doing that is that we have an internal ELCA working group. We call it the Interunit Working Group on Outdoor Ministries. and. So many people at the ELCA are passionate about outdoor ministries and have personal experiences and have worked with camps in the past. And they're also passionate about diversity and inclusion. And so we've brought together really a wonderful group of people who they are in part supporting this project and giving insight and wisdom. But also the hope is that long term, that's a group that can coalesce and weave a commitment and a passion for outdoor ministries into all that they do at the ELCA. So that's just one other thing I'm excited about related to this project.
0: As the uh, LOM representative on this interchurch working group, which um, I'm the only outsider on the group. I'm the only one that's not ELCA churchwide staff. So it's been kind of fun in that way. And already, I mean, one of the side products of total inclusion. Is that already it's uh, opened up uh, a number of possibilities for collaboration of LOM and various units and various working groups within the ELCA churchwide structure? So, all of that's good. All of it's looking good, Nicole. And again, everybody, this is Nicole Vanderdoes, who is the coordinator program coordinator for total inclusion Uh, one of the most exciting things to come along in a long time of uh, elca lom work together so again thank you and we'll look forward to seeing you around the lom network take care everybody bye-bye thanks for listening to the only official lutheran outdoor ministry podcast in the entire world Until next time, check out the Lutheran Outdoor Ministries website or our Facebook page. So long for now from the Lutheran Outdoor Ministries World Headquarters. On behalf of Don Johnson, have a wonderful day.